Hey, this is Jim. Welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. On today's episode, I've got a couple guests with us. It's a homeschool family of seven. They've used the Proven Amazon course and our coaching to grow an $800,000 business. They expect to put well over $200,000 as their profit in for the year in the bank. And it's a business that they do together. They're using several of the creative strategies that we teach in our course. They've been learning for about four years now how to grow and increase. And they've said they doubled every year, past four years, and they're on track to keep growing at that pace. They actually employ their mom. A 71-year-old mom helps do some prepping and packing for their business as well. And and one of the cool things that was said off air, uh, not during the recorded session today, was when Ryan shared with me that a, a conversation we'd had a few years ago at one of our live events where I'd encouraged him and I, I'd encourage any dad with the same thing that you can replace whatever kind of income you're earning in your good job because he had a great job. He felt pretty set for life, he shared with me at the time and again today. But it wasn't anything compared to being able to be home, be around his family, have that flexibility, involve his children in his business and income and work side by side with his wife on a flexible business plan that can be picked up and put down anytime you want to pick it up and put it down. The flexibility, the income potential, they just rave about where they're at. Now, one of the things we'll learn today in this episode is they're using several different strategies, all revolving around Amazon and selling physical product, but they're doing some wholesale, they're doing some private label, a lot of replens, and they still really enjoy the thrill of the hunt, especially Ryan, the thrill of the hunt when it comes to getting out into stores and just looking for great deals, stuff that they can flip and make a nice profit on, especially the higher ticket items. It's not hard to do. So they blended this into one beautiful pie. Like I said, it's about an $800,000 business and they're doing extremely well and enjoying it. And you're going to enjoy meeting this couple. They're very candid. They don't hold back. They tell you like it is. And they say openly as well, one of my favorite parts, like, hey, you know, we approach this business with prayer because without God's guidance, we'd have missed all kinds of great deals that we otherwise would have walked right on by. So I really enjoyed that segment as well of today's discussion. So sit back, enjoy whether you're exercising or you're driving or just hanging out, doing some work, get to know Sarah and Ryan a little bit today, a really neat couple. And again, just another, I don't want to say typical, there's no one typical in our entire community, but there's a lot of families like this with good, solid family values, great households full of wonderful kids doing business and life together, hanging out in our free Facebook group, 66,000 plus of us and all kinds of belief systems and backgrounds and age groups in there for sure. But man, there's just a lot of people that have this in common. They love building businesses. They love including their families and friends in those businesses. They love the flexibility using the internet creatively to launch and grow businesses. Look in the show notes for a link to our free Facebook group if you're not in there yet. I think you'll really enjoy hanging out with us. So with that introduction, let's jump over and get Ryan and Sarah Robinson on the line right now. So Ryan and Sarah, welcome to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Thank you very much. Hey, let's get right into your story. I'm eager to hear it. Okay. Well, we are uh, three years into full-time e-commerce sales. I spent um, about 20 years in the private public, uh, being the government employment sector, and um, we uh, about about seven years ago we decided we wanted to implement our e-commerce full-time. So uh, I had a four-year strategy. It took me about four years to put everything into place and we jumped ship and our uh, sales have doubled each year since we've left. We're currently on pace for about 800,000 in Amazon sales this year. Great summary. Four years in. And so you you guys were overlapping. You were working full-time. You said you had a government public sector job you're working your business kind of building it up at the same time so how much overlap was there there i feel like we need to rewind just a little because we actually started like 20 some odd years ago yeah and we would sell on ebay and it was crazy because i remember back then it was before the phones and all that where you could check to see if something was selling so we would be like oh i wish that they had phones where we or some something that we could figure it out. We'd go to the store and we'd write it all down. We'd take it back to our computer and look up completed listings. And we would, wow. <laughs> we would do all that. I remember those days. I, <laughs> I remember doing that. You go home and do your research. Yeah. <laughs> we drive back to the store and 
Yep. So those were the early days. And then fast forward, he, he was in the public work sector where he worked government jobs and all that. And then I started working from home, trying to supplement the income. We did a little bit of house flipping also during that time. Got you. Okay. Cars. Yeah. So we're, we're serial entrepreneurs for sure. But, but serial eventually... Serial arbit- arbitrageurs, right? Uh-huh. Looking for opportunities yes. all the time. That's awesome. Okay. Yes, for sure. So I started the blog that kind of supplemented. And then it, by blogging, I learned that I was listening to another podcast that was, it was for bloggers, this podcast was, but it was uh, sharing about how somebody was making money on Amazon. And I was like, we still sell on eBay. Amazon's not that big of a stretch. Let me hear what's going on. And so because of that, we started like paying attention to what was around us, paying attention to the clearance items and all that at Walmart, because we live in a small town and we don't have a lot of store options here, but we just started paying attention. And then I slowly got the app where we could start scanning. We signed up for our account. And then, so we were building that part-time for a while while he was still in the workforce. But And then we started hitting on some RA and we started generating revenues and gained confidence. And, um, and that's when we decided we wanted to go full-time with it. But, uh, we have a family. We at the time we had family of nine. We've got seven kids. Three of them are graduated high school now. We've homeschooled them the entire time. So I couldn't just uh, decide on a whim that I was going to quit my job and sell on 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 uh, Amazon. So that's why we created the four year. It, well, we created a strategy where we had benchmarks we had to meet as far as savings, revenue, insurances. We just we. We set out to uh, mitigate any financial disaster that might come from quitting a job. And yeah. once we reached that point, we jumped ship. So. You, yeah, you were very, very meticulous in the details. It wasn't just, hey, you know what I should do? Let's just go full time. And right. we, we hear those stories, but that's not you guys. So you right. homeschooled, you said seven. Now, how old's your youngest? You mentioned you're four, you have four out of high school. Yeah, the youngest is seven, oldest is 24. Wow. Not not yeah. unlike the spread we have. I mean, it, if we had added on a couple more youngins, I think we'd be about the same boat as you guys. Our oldest is 24, yeah. our youngest is 14, but mm-hmm. we've homeschooled all along, all the way through. They're all turning out great. How about your kids? Are any of them like ruined now because of homeschool? We don't, we don't, we don't have anybody in jail yet. So that's <laughs> there you go. Just, uh, Parenting <laughs> win. We've got one uh, one working on the Master of Science uh, or Master of Social Work. Uh, he graduated with his bachelor's a couple of uh, a year ago. We got another one that's a senior at Southwest Baptist University in Bolivar. And we have uh, our most recent graduate is uh, going to the community college. We, we have a community college in our community. It's basically free. So we access that uh, as as much as possible. So so far, um, so far, so good. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm getting bolder and bolder about this whole homeschool thing. The the longer I've done it, and the way I see our culture clearly in decline. And some of the listeners may not agree with me on that, but I think I'm willing to argue just about anybody that I see all kinds of signs of cultural and educational decline in the system. And it's hard to beat. You know, tackle this premise, listener. Who could better educate a child than their own mom? Like who loves that kid more than their own mom? And what better person to have as a backup than their own dad? I mean, it's just hard to beat. It's a hard to beat arrangement if you can pull it off. And uh, you guys have done it with brilliance, it sounds like. And and while we could probably start a whole podcast episode on that topic, it's certainly a topic of passion (laughs) for me. Uh, I think the only other question I have is what impact has that homeschooling vibe had or has entrepreneurship had on that homeschooling vibe? Like how have the two blended for you guys? I'm always curious to hear how homeschool families kind of blend together the the homeschool and the entrepreneurship. Are some of your kids entrepreneurial? Did they help in the business? You know, answer some of those type of questions. First of all, say being an entrepreneur and homeschooling is challenging yes. because there's um there's there's that uh, time pull and there's different commitments and um as as you well know as an entrepreneur. I tell folks often that I work harder for myself than I ever did for anyone else. Yeah. And that's because you kind of control your own destiny right. to some point, but you still have the other obligations that you have to meet. So it, it's an absolute challenge as far as 
entrepreneurial children. So far, we've had them assist with um, with some of the operations in the business, but we um, we have not gotten any one of them yet to this point to embrace the uh, entrepreneurial spirit. However, um, my oldest. And the longer he's in the workforce, uh, is is indicating some more interest in in the business. So funny how that it, uh, works. It may come, it <laughs> yeah, may, may come full circle. So. Well, and really, the ten our ten year old son, he's the only boy at home. So our oldest is a son. The others are all. We have five girls, so he's the only boy at home, and so he'll often go on the road with Ryan whenever they go to pick up stuff that we know we can get. And so on this trip that they just got back from, you know, he he works. The whole time Ryan's working, they were shipping straight to Amazon on the road, and uh, he shines. He shines. He does. So he's up. likely to be the one that is definitely going to have that yeah. entrepreneur spirit. But. Yeah, and and I think it's just a theory, but we'll have to check back in ten years and see if I'm right. But they'll all have an entrepreneurial spirit, even if they take it into the workforce. You know, as an employee, yeah. I say all the time that we're all entrepreneurs. If you're providing value and getting paid to do it, you're an entrepreneur. Just a matter of how many customers you want. If you want one customer, you go to a job and your boss is your customer. His customers come in to the store or to the workplace and you serve them. But you have one customer. The person is writing the paycheck. Some of us like to have more than one customer. And we're the ones out here building our own businesses. So we all should have that entrepreneurial spirit where we serve well. And we're willing to serve so well that we get certificates of appreciation in return, right? And and that's the reward, little green pieces of paper for serving well. Yeah. That yes, yeah, so your kids are going to benefit from it. They already have, I'm sure, in many little ways, big and small. They'll get, they're going to make great workers and servants in the workplace, if, if people understand what I mean by that. I mean, they, they know how to serve well with a good attitude, right? So yes. that's awesome. Well, anything else you want to you want to hit on before we jump back into the Amazon part of your story? Do we leave anything out there? I, need, I know there's a hundred directions we could go, but anything else you're dying to say on that point? But the homeschooling, entrepreneurship. No, I think that's Sorry. probably good. Good enough for now, for sure. All right. Well, yeah, we did start a Facebook group. I think I'll stick a link to it actually in the show notes for this. And just started a business building warrior homeschool family Facebook group. It's free. Just a bunch of us who either are considering homeschooling or are doing homeschooling. And we're also doing the entrepreneurial lifestyle. It's in its infancy. It's only got, I don't know, 160, 170 members right now. We just launched it and to see what would happen. And it's uh, growing. So you guys jump in there and hang out with some other homeschool families, listeners can do the same thing and kind of think through this together. So that's it. You know, got to stick together, right? But let's jump into your Amazon story for a second. Okay. So you guys have been doing e-commerce a long time. And one of the questions I'm eager to ask you, because I didn't realize how long you've been in. It's rare that I run into people who've been doing this as long as I have, and you guys have been. Compare the different phases you've been through to what you're doing now. What I mean is the eBay, the early days, the searching the clearance aisles, you know, those different aspects of what you've done over time and you've had a degree of success. Compare that to the, you said 800,000 is what you're kind of expecting this year. You know, yeah. compare this model to those because I know how I answer that, but I'm curious how you would answer it. We've tried to leave the clearance aisles and retail arbitrage behind a number of times and we are unsuccessful at leaving. <laughs> Ryan we, likes them too much. We, so. Oh, I love them too. Don't get me. It's hard to walk by them. It is because you just yeah. see little fifty to twenty dollar bills and fifty dollar bills laying on the shelf, right? We've gotten to where we recognize uh, opportunities. We recognize uh, the scope of opportunities better. Um, it, just because you buy a clearance item at one store doesn't mean that there's not opportunities nationwide to acquire more of those products if, if you're willing to go get them. The biggest change from the early days is that our margins, our ROIs don't need to be nearly as high. When we first started, we wouldn't buy anything that we didn't make 100% ROI on because we didn't have the uh, the capital to put forth. It was um, it was sheer economics. Um, we needed we, we didn't have that much to put out. So whatever we put out, we needed to, to get a big bang for. Now we can chase uh, 40% ROIs. We can chase, uh, I'm sorry, 40% margins. We can chase 50, 60% ROIs. We do have a, 
a couple of people that help us prep. We do all of our prepping in-house, prepping and shipping in-house. So we uh, we have a little bit of overhead, although we, we don't have a warehouse. We've got a, a shop on our property that we operate out of. So we, we save there. But um, our profit and ROI parameters have definitely gotten easier to work with, which allows you to expand expand the amount that you buy because obviously it's easier to find lower profit items. So that's the biggest difference is in the early days, we had to have high ROI, high margins, and now we don't, we're not stuck so much on those. Gotcha. And we're using lots of different ways too. So we do retail arbitrage. Yes, we like that. And he really likes it because he he likes to be on the go. He doesn't want to sit behind a desk. And so that works for him. For me, I have to be here more for the kids. So I tend to be the online arbitrage person. And I do a lot of the replens where, especially if I can order them, I am ordering, reordering everything that we can get and replenish over and over again. As well as developing wholesale accounts. And then she's got a private label product and we're looking to expand that. In fact, uh, we're working with Nathan Bailey, who's helping us to, as a coach, to develop some of her uh, private label products and get those listings built. And he's been extremely patient with us because we do have all of these, all of these different avenues we're working. We sometimes don't operate as efficiently as we'd like on the uh, on the private label, but so we're we're working the whole spectrum of. Uh, of the um, e-commerce, uh, Amazon e-commerce, and we um, we don't necessarily um, have time to do it all as well as we like. But that's one of the points I wanted to make is that you can't do what other people do. You can learn from everyone else, but you have to do your own your own gig. So early on, I was trying to maybe emulate some other folks, um, do what they were doing when they were successful. And that just didn't work. It was good to learn from them, but you have to build your own path. You can't, you can't do what someone else is doing exactly like they're doing it because the variables are too great. Yeah. Every family is different. The opportunities are different. The, the personality types, some people, they would never want to go out searching for product. The thrill of a hunt is not thrilling for them. It's just draining and exhausting. They have no desire whatsoever. And, and some people love it. You know, some people live in a city where it's possible. Some people don't. That's why I love there's multiple options here. But I love that you guys have kind of, you've spread out your risk. You're doing a lot of things. It sounds like you're doing most of them very well. If you would, just help me paint a little bit of a picture, like a pie chart, if you would, of, you know, your replans, what percent of your business is there, your, you know, the thrill, the hunt, closeout aisles and clearance aisles, you know, how much is that? Are you still playing on eBay? Like, make me a quick, just rough and dirty pie chart, if you would, of your business. Your private label sounds like really hasn't quite taken off yet. So there's not right. much there, it sounds like, but it's coming. Right. We probably do um, 10% uh, wholesale, 5% private label. 35% replans and 50% just straight RA. Now the RA though is not uh, is not. I've gotten away from going in and, and hoping to find something. I target my RA opportunities where uh, based on different uh, sale opportunities, different closeout opportunities. I know where things are, and uh, that's why I was saying earlier I drove uh, drove to Wisconsin and Pennsylvania from Kansas. Because I knew where there was uh, retail arbitrage opportunities, and and um, and we shipped from the road, so it's uh, the RA is a big portion of our of our business, but it's not your traditional RA. We've evolved from going in and, and looking for products to to more going out and finding what we know is out there. So uh, I'm curious how you distinguish the difference between a good replan and a product you're willing to hop in a, a U-Haul with your kid and drive four days and go clear out all over the, you know, <laughs> the tri-state area. <laughs> yeah, it's availability. It's availability. It's ability to replant it. Um, I mean, on, on one hand, it, it gets down to semantics. You you, uh, you sell 700 of one item. Is that a replant or is that an RA? Well, we have, uh, we call that an RA because we know that the stock's inevitably going to. Because it's a closeout item. So. The stock's eventually not going to be there. However, 
a lot of your replants, the stock will eventually not be there as well, and you got to keep keep rolling over those replants. So it gets down to the semantics, but but according to um, according to the pie chart, that's what we do is about is fifty percent CLRA. Okay, and how do you find those? I'm curious how you find those items that you consider RA and all those others. I'm assuming those are higher ticket items to make it worth your time to drive sure. all over the yeah. place and fill a U-Haul. They are. And, and honestly, I don't, I don't mean to give you a canned answer, but I'm, I'm going to just be honest. I, I think that um, we're pretty faithful at our, um, with our work ethic. And I think we get rewarded by, by the Holy Spirit. He provides opportunities to us. And, and um, I know that's not, that's not real tangible, but uh We've been we've had opportunities where there's no rhyme or reason why these products become available and they just jump in your lap and then we test them and then and they sell and the profit margin's good, the return rates are low, and so we go back and buy more. So um, mainly mainly though for a tangible answer, it's gonna be that you have to be out there buying. You can't be at home looking on the internet and find RA opportunities. So it once again we have a, a, a unique dynamic because she'll keep the home fires burning and keep those replant dollars coming in. And it gives me an opportunity to go out and and uh, look. And the more you're out there, the more, as much as you can afford to be out there, the more opportunities will present themselves. So they just, it's not rocket science. We scan products that are on the shelves, we test them. And if they go good, then we start looking around for other opportunities to acquire that product. Man, you, you packed a lot of wisdom in there. And I would say business building warriors are wise to heed the advice that I certainly heed in my own business. And that is approach your business with prayer. Mm-hmm. Ask God to guide you. And not just into the most profitable products necessarily, you know, but guide my business overall. You know, Commit your ways to the Lord and it will succeed. If it's not built according to God's plan, it's, it's gonna fail and just be dust eventually. All right, so those those themes we understand as Christians, like, hey, who are you doing this for? Why are you really doing this? Whose business is this? And I think one of the things I like to encourage people to pray is help me help my business lead me into the relationships that you want me to have. I'll share a quick story uh, along those lines where this business is relational, and anytime this comes up, you know, getting guidance for your business, the relationship aspect. Just a quick story: a young man who's a friend of ours. I've known him since he was an early teen, and he's got a family of. I think he actually has seven kids now. But he called me up wanting some advice a short time ago, and he had two different job options open to him, two different opportunities, I should say, that were opening up in front of him. And he's like, man, I, on paper, these are both awesome, but I got to commit all in to one. I can't do them both. I can't go half-hearted. I got to go all in with one or the other. And he started giving me all the technicals on option A and option B. And I said, a couple things. Have you prayed about it? And he's like, well, yes, sir. I've prayed about it. And I said, so which of these two opportunities, if either one of them, rather than going into the technicals, because I don't know these industries, which one of them leads you into the kind of relationships that you feel like God's been leading you towards? You know, the, the people that you've been mentored by or that you think you could mentor, you know, where are the relationship potential? Uh, where's the relationship potential the strongest? And he said, you just made the decision very clear for me. Thanks. Hung up. We parted ways. I haven't heard from him. I'd love to check in. It's been about a year ago. See how it's going. But this is a relationship business. So I encourage everyone to pray that along those lines too. I mean, it could be the cashier. I've built relationships. You see some of the same people, some of the stores you go to and have great conversations, encourage them and buy them their favorite candy bar every time you see them kind of thing. You know, this is a relationship business. So I love that you guys are seeking divine wisdom in your business. I encourage all business building warriors to do that as actually just see. It works. <laughs> it definitely works. It but, absolutely does. And, and there's, there's been opportunities and, and it goes both ways. Sometimes you have a, a uh, an opportunity cease right in front of you and it disappears. And if you're not, if you're not in the Holy Spirit when that occurs, then it can seem like a traumatic event. But it, there may be a very good reason why you're not supposed to pursue that opportunity. And that, that reason may be because there's another one pending right around the corner. And if you're focused on that old opportunity, the new one will pass you by. So it's imperative that uh, that you, you spend time, uh, that we spend time with, um, you know, in prayer to pursue our options. And, and, and that's why I mentioned that. Again, I know it's not a, a extremely tangible answer, but uh, you can't, you can't take that and follow it 
to a specific place, uh, but you can. So I have yeah. a small story regarding that actually that pertains to our business. Last year, we paid off our house thanks to being Amazon sellers, Q4. honestly. Q4. Q4. <laughs> Yeah, Q4 was great to us that year, and we paid it off soon after. And um, which we live in Southeast Kansas, the prices of homes aren't extremely high compared to the rest of the U.S., especially the coasts, you know. Anyway, so a month after we paid it off, we had an opportunity to buy my parents' house, which was significantly more. And we were just like, oh, should we go into this much debt? But we both prayed about it, and we were like, well, we don't want to go into the debt because we just paid it off and we were really torn, but we really felt like we needed to be moving over to my parents because we're actually going to be taking, helping to take care of them when we move. They're building a place on the property. So it's, it's a, it's a very good opportunity for us to assist them as they age, but go ahead. I apologize. Yeah. And so anyway, we prayed about it. We felt like this is the direction we're supposed to go. And so we kind of blindly, we went with faith thinking, okay, well, hopefully we can make enough at the next Q4 or, you know, we didn't know how long it would take for this all to happen. But anyway, by the time we're not quite there yet, we're not too, we haven't moved yet. We haven't bought their house yet because they're still in the process of building. But by the time that we get it, we will be able to purchase it with no debt still. And honestly, I believe that everything that has come to us, the larger sales that have come to this year, to us this year, it was as a result of that obedience and he keeps sending us stuff that we never expected. So it's just an interesting twist to the story that is really cool that he even cares about the details of keeping you debt free when that is something that you care so passionately about. And if you're following what he feels that you need to be doing, that he will take care of you in that way as well. That's phenomenal. I I love the number of people in our community where faith is just such an integral part. Their walk with Christ is an integral part of their business. It's not this separate thing they do on Sundays. It's every day, taking it with them, making the decisions. And I believe we're all stewards. You know, that's, that's, this is a biblical concept. I love the parable of the talents in the New Testament where, you know, basically we're all stewards. We're all given something to work with. Maybe it's a little, maybe it's a lot but we're all charged with the same stewardship call. And that is expand, grow, increase, do something with it. And that's relational, that's financial, that's territory, that's land, that's grow. That's that's what we're all told to do, uh, among other things. But I love it. You guys sound like phenomenal stewards. And I just commend you on that. And it's encouraging. I hope it encourages a lot of other listeners today too. The the way you've integrated life decisions and raising kids and taking care of parents and <laughs> getting out of debt. Just beautiful. This is good stuff for people to hear. And, and sometimes it's like, oh, it's just, it's our story. It's what we do. Well, that, that's a powerful story. And it's very counterculture as well. Um, hopefully there's a lot of people listening to this considering like, hmm, maybe there's a different way to do life than what I've been doing. And so well, powerful we didn't story, start guys. that way too. I'd like to point out, we didn't start that way. We started out in debt. We, we got, well, and, and I, I like to say that I'm not nearly as talented or effective as Dave Ramsey, but I could write Dave Ramsey's materials because we lived Dave Ramsey's story in the first few years of our, of our marriage. And, and we did exactly what Dave did. We did a 180 and started focusing on the right way to do things. And, and we still do that um, today culturally. We look at, um, at maybe what's popular culture-wise and we, we, we try to evaluate, is that really what, what the Lord would like us to be doing? And it, it often makes it clear that that's the, the opposite of what's, what's popular culturally is what we should be doing. That's true. Hey, Business Building Warrior, sorry for the quick interruption. Just wanted to make sure and remind you about our tremendous sponsor, Payoneer.com. If you need funding, up to $750,000 flexible repayment terms, no credit check. They love Amazon and Walmart sellers. They want to help you grow. Payoneer.com slash funding for 10% off the fees. Be sure to tell them we sent you. All right, let's get back to the show. We, we try to evaluate, is that really what, what the Lord would like us to be doing? And it, it often makes it clear that that's, 
the, the opposite of what's what's popular culturally is what we should be doing. That's true. And for those who are unfamiliar, Dave Ramsey is a, is a top talk show host in the United States, probably top two or three most popular talk show hosts, talks about financial issues. But the start of his story was he went ridiculously into debt, over leveraged himself with a bunch of loans to buy a bunch of property, and then <laughs> suddenly couldn't pay the bills and just went under big time. And now he's a leading financial expert and and succeeding wildly, just business. And I love his business content. Well, actually, one of my favorite business books I learned a lot from is, uh, what's it called? The Entree Leadership is the name by Dave Ramsey. He has a lot of small business material too. If you guys like Dave Ramsey, you'll like that book, Entree Leadership. And we've certainly been referred a lot of people from his community as well uh, that uh, have jumped into... You know, once they're out of debt, it's like, all right, now what? Well, there's a lot of ways that you can grow incredible businesses using the internet creatively. And that's where we kind of take over. And so we've seen a lot of people, including um, Oscar Matumbo, one of the popular guests on our show. He found us because people were talking about us in a Dave Ramsey discussion forum. And that's one of our most popular podcast episodes is or the Oscar Matumbo episodes. He's just a, a ball of energy and encouragement. And he did a great job speaking at our most recent event in Florida too. And you guys were there for that. Yes, yes we were. Yes, sir. Very, <laughs> well, very awesome experience. Yeah. Talk about that for, for just a moment and not so much that event specifically, but you know what vibe you get from this community and what that means to you. I've, I, I'm curious what your take is. First of all, when you are a self-employed e-commerce entrepreneur, I guess that's redundant, but when you're, when you're an e-commerce entrepreneur in Southeast Kansas, there's not really a lot of people you can talk to that understand what you do or, um, or, or can even even wrap their minds around a particle of it. So um, what, the, what the community offers uh, simply is, you alluded to earlier, we, we have a lot of like-minded folks um, who are in the same space and it's great to be able to meet in person or, or online or on the telephone with folks uh, who get what you do and get where you're coming from and can offer you sound advice that is somewhat counterculture because they get it. And so the camaraderie is probably the biggest thing because there's not another, I think our, our closest gentleman probably that I'm aware of is uh, Greg Perry down in Tulsa. So I've met with him for coffee once or twice. So uh, Greg's awesome, but there's just not, uh, there's just, you don't have that camaraderie with with your local community. So this community allows us to to receive that. Yeah, beautiful. What would you add to that, Sarah? Any observations? Oh, more of the same. I just really feel like the networking with the other entrepreneurs, I mean, just being able to sit down face-to-face, having a lunch or a meal, we can, you can, you just bounce off so many ideas that you don't get from the stage. And so the stage is important because it gets, it gets your, your mind flowing with all these things, but then the conversations you have with these new friends that you make it are what's great. I mean, we've made some really great friends and planning on taking other trips with them. And it's just, it's been a lot of fun to get to know the people in your community. Well, we're going to ASD in Vegas with some people that we spent some time with in Florida. So, yeah. Yeah. I, I don't know if this episode will come out in time for folks to take advantage of hanging out with you there. But yeah, there we've got several people from our community heading to Vegas for the ASD. It happens a couple of times a year. And quite frequently, I'll speak or some people from our leadership team will speak at the, the event. I'm not going this year, but several people from our coaching team will be there. So I'm sure there'll be some connections made. But uh, yeah, enjoy yeah. that show for sure. Looking to expand your wholesale lines a little bit, maybe, right? Yes, for sure. Well, one question we, we you said you guys are heading towards $800,000 a year. What is your overall margin return on investment? Uh, Give me some numbers there. After we pay our, our staff and our tools, it's probably about 27%. Uh, we run a, a, a gross margin of probably about 33% as a general rule. And then um, we have some minimal costs that we have to uh, to pay. And so it's it's around 26, 27%. 
That's phenomenal. And I'm thinking, you know, that income level, you're putting over 200,000 in the bank, basically, you know, ballpark with your business, something like that after taxes and such, you know, you've, that's, that's a nice income. Got to imagine, especially in Kansas, you know, like I'm kind of in a similar situation here in central Indiana, property values are a little higher where I live than the rest of the state, but it's nothing compared to a lot of the country. So I love that uh, you guys have built something pretty special. And I'm just curious as I'm thinking about Kansas, like when I think Kansas, a few pictures come to mind, kind of like I imagine when people think Indiana, like what does your area look like? Are you in a neighborhood or is it like three miles to the neighbor's house? Or like, what's the, where are you guys at? We live on five acres. And we live two miles from Walmart. It's on the U.S. highway. Okay. Um, so we're in the middle of a field, basically. We have field on three sides, highway on one. So yeah. is, is it farmed? Um, do, yeah. do, you, do you lease it out for someone to farm it or? No, no this, the farmer owns everything that's not our land. So yeah, we don't. Yeah, we farm just it. have five acres. Um, <laughs> the closest uh, metropolitan area, if you will, is Wichita or Tulsa. They're both they're both uh, within two hours. Oh, we have Kansas City within um, two and a half hours. So we spend a lot of time, or I spend a lot of time on the road. I drag her along as often as possible, but we have to drive and. Um, and that's that's just part of it. We we trade the uh, proximity to um, a lot of products for low cost of living and low population density, and we wouldn't have it any other way. That's beautiful. I love it. You can do this from anywhere. You know, you guys aren't sitting a lot. A lot of people are sitting within, as am I right now, like easy driving distance of 150 retail stores. You don't have to be there. You know, I, I could walk to a lot of the stuff where we source our product if I wanted to, but you can do it from a fairly remote location as well online and uh, do some driving if you're willing to. Love it. Everyone has yeah. such a unique story. This fascinating sometimes we'll stuff. Just be, sometimes we'll have a date day where we're like, I mean, and then it's not really a date because we're working, but sure. it's a day. we go together because we both think it's fun to well, we like to be uninterrupted sometimes, you know, when the kids aren't there just occasionally, but, um, so we'll go together for the day or sometimes we'll go overnight and we'll do a bunch of retail arbitrage and we'll go have dinner together, you know, and we might take in a movie while we're out or something like that, but just an opportunity to spend time together alone and kind of build our marriage and yet work on our business, which is also our hobby. You know, we, we really honestly feel like this it's something that we both love to do, so it's it's not hard to do either. So. Yeah, we started it as a hobby. One of my biggest issues, I'd go into a store and there'd be an item for 90% off, but I couldn't use it. And it just kind of made me sick to leave it on the shelf because I, I recognize the value. And obviously, uh, we, uh, we now can turn that into um, regular income. So... Uh, we started this as a hobby. We never, we never dreamed that we'd be able to make a, a full-time living at it. And we've been extremely blessed and we've done far greater business than we, we ever thought possible at this point. So it all started as a hobby, as a way to make a little bit of extra money, as a way to cash in on value that was on the shelf that we couldn't leave there anymore. So it's been a, an incredible journey and I feel like we're just getting started and I feel like we're extremely far behind where we could be or maybe where we should be, but that's only when I start comparing. So one thing I want to make sure your listeners know is not to compare themselves with other sellers not to compare right. themselves with other businesses. They've got their own journey. And if they keep at it and they learn and they're dedicated, then they'll be successful. But but I've struggled with um, fear of missing out and fear of fear of growing too slowly. And it's just that does nothing but but throw a cog in the wheels. So you just gotta do your own your own thing, progress, uh, utilize the folks in the Community, utilize the resources in the community, and you will be successful. Very well said, Ryan. Great advice. Yeah, slow and steady progress in the right direction is is a very powerful force. And sometimes we forget that and compare ourselves to people who, you know, maybe they were fortunate, maybe they worked harder, maybe they've been doing it longer, and we compare ourselves. But if you keep making progress in the right direction, you're going to be in a very special place sooner than you'd imagine to where you have options, yeah. a lot of Absolutely. options. What would you add to that, Sarah? 
from what from what Ryan just shared. Anything we're leaving out? Can't think of anything off the top of my head. <laughs> just making sure we're <laughs> yes. spreading the love around, getting plenty of chances for everyone to speak. Well, how have you guys learned? You know, Ryan mentioned always be learning. Like what resources are you you using? How you mentioned you were at our event. Are you proven Amazon course students by any chance? Yeah, that's where it began. Like I said, when I as a blogger, I was listening to a podcast who then turned me on to um another, it was a different training, one of the really high overpriced trainings. And I was like, I don't really want to spend that. Surely there's something else out there. And so then I started looking for free training. And then I somehow Eventually, I stumbled upon the Proven Amazon course, and it was very affordable. So I asked him, and we bought that, and I slowly worked my way through it. And then every year, we would do the Q4 groups. Um, oh, we've got those coming up, too. ProvenQ4Plan.com. Are you guys gonna planning on doing it again this year? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we yeah. do it every year now. We gotcha. We always enjoy being a part of that. In fact, well, we've learned- I'll get you in for free for being a guest on the show today. All right. So don't pay anything for that. Just shoot me an email. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. But yeah, that, so the, really, honestly, the Q4 groups is probably where we realized we were catapulted a little bit from there. We learned a few things that just catapulted the business. And so that was definitely a big game changer. And then eventually, so also another thing that we've done through the years is once something is successful, we go back and repeat it the next year, you know? And so, so we find a store that always does well for us every year. We go back every year and, and, and follow their sales or follow, you know, when do they have clearance or when do they have good sales on certain things? So we just learned little tidbits as we went and we were just, I don't know, I didn't finish my thought, but it was, um, it was good. No, <laughs> so, it yeah. makes sense. It, it's slow incremental learning, you know, just in time yeah. tips and strategies and little ways to improve things. And, you know, we do that on my team all the time. We implemented a new little tip in my business yesterday that we could have implemented two or three years ago that saves us a ton of time on prepping our products. And some people may not realize this, and maybe you guys don't either, but you don't have to cover barcodes. And my team's been doing it. I didn't know that. I didn't know if they were doing it or not. I just happened to notice, and there was a discussion in one of our forums. Like, hey guys, you know, you don't have to be covering barcodes anymore to send stuff in FBA. I'm like, really? You don't put a sticker on it? No, you don't have to. <laughs> we, Amazon didn't know that. I did not we're know that. Still, so, are you paying for them to do it, or you, you don't have you to don't cover have barcodes? To you don't have okay. to so because we were, we were. their scanners only read their barcode. There's people for two three years now have not been covering any barcodes. Originally, Amazon told you you needed to. They don't tell you that anymore, apparently. And (laughs) as evidence- They didn't send out the update to us older sellers then. (laughs) Nope, they did not. So the new sellers coming in are like, why do you guys cover your barcodes (laughs) on your products? I don't need to do that. If it's polybagged and it's got a, you know, the the FNSKU sticker on the out, like, hey, you're good to go. That's it. You yeah. don't need to cover up anything inside. So, hey, that'll save some prepping time, right? Yeah. Well, and a lot of times I haven't been too worried about it because I've noticed when we haven't done it that they don't do anything. But I'm glad to know that it's actually not a policy now. So Yeah. I, I've talked to several serious sellers just in the past few days. And I asked our, our office, I'm like, hey, are we still covering barcodes over there? And they said, yeah, we are. Like, I don't think we have to anymore. <laughs> <laughs> so that'll save some time awesome. because every little tip like that saves time and adds up, right? So, I mean, that's yes, another example. Really like what did that little shift, that little 30 second shift just put another thousand dollars, let's say, and over the next year minimum into your pocket, yeah. right? It, saving the time and the stickers and speeding up the process. And, you know, so that's the kind of thing, just that accumulation of little tidbits of knowledge over time that gives you a tremendous advantage in this in this business. And like you said, the seasonal things that it's the same every year. Like, hey, there's there's a certain item that we sold a lot of last Christmas. So I'm going to go see if they got that again this year because it was hot last year. It's probably going to be hot again this year. Uh, so you gain an advantage over time and you guys are taking full advantage of that. Well, are there any tips or strategies, anything else you guys wanted to share uh, before? And it, well, one last thing to observation. You said you, are, are you guys coaching students? Or are you just working with Nathan on the branding? No, we're coaching students. Okay, so you have been yeah. through the coaching program. Has Nathan been your coach the whole time, or have you had any other coaches? We started out with a with another coach, and um, because as we've discussed today, the scope of our business is 
pretty pretty vast and it integrates for blog and there's a lot of moving parts in our business. Um, we didn't us and our original coach didn't feel like it was the best fit. So gotcha. That's when we we moved on and 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 once Nathan determined all of the moving parts that was in the business, he decided to take us on himself because it it is pretty pretty complex and so sure. honestly the we started with the the blog we were um we were feeding some traffic to amazon to our one wholesale product from our from my blog and we want to do a lot more of that and nathan is just the right one for helping us with and, that and we're, yeah, this for sure. anyway. we're hoping to reciprocate some amazon traffic back to the blog as well and start this uh cyclical process where we can uh, where we can grow both of them simultaneously using each entity. Yeah, they're feeding each other, right? So, what is your blog, sir? I'd love to hear something, some about it. You've, you've mentioned oh, yeah. it a couple of times. Fill us in on what you do. Um, it's sidetrackedsarah.com. It's a it's a food blog. It started more of a busy mom blog for um, homeschool moms, but it kind of ended up being a food blog for busy families, which we are definitely. Um, we, <laughs> Aren't I do we most, all, right? Yeah. So I do a lot of slow cooker and instant pot food on there. And then I have a meal plan subscription where people can sign up for a weekly meal plan, um, deliveries and all that, um, if they so chose to do so. But that's awesome. But yeah, there's tons of free recipes on there too. So. Well, send some traffic to it. What's it, what is it again? Sidetracked Sarah? Yeah. Sidetracked com. Sidetracked ED. Yeah, E-D. Sarah, S-A-R-A-H. Yes. Sarah.com. Sounds very interesting. We'll stick a link to it in the show notes for everybody. So that's all. Okay. Hopefully get you guys some, some new traffic and maybe some cool new people hanging out on your blog with you guys after listening to this episode. I'm sure you have plenty of new fans and followers too that are interested in hearing more of your story and you may have triggered some, some new friendships and conversations. That always happens. I love hearing from people who have appeared on our podcast, you know, a month, two months, three months after their episode comes out and just all the great people that have reached out to them and the new friendships and partnerships. So hopefully you'll get a wave of really nice people coming your way as a result of this episode. That'd be awesome. And that's one of the biggest things about the community is that uh, you have an opportunity to receive great information. You also have an opportunity to disseminate great information. And, and it feels like the more effort you put into disseminating, the more you receive. It's a, it's a great group and we sure appreciate all you've done to, to facilitate it. So, Oh, thanks, Ryan. And, and well said, by the way, it's for some reason, a, a song that I haven't thought of in years popped in my head as you were saying that. But I remember in kindergarten, I'm not going to sing, I will spare the listeners that <laughs> torture, but it was about a magic penny. And uh, it was something like, it would, we had to memorize it and perform it for the parents, I remember, but it was like, this magic penny. And if, if you hold it tight, you won't have any, but if you lend it or spend it or give it away, you'll have so many, you won't know what to do with them. And I didn't know what it meant as a kid. I just remember having to memorize it, but this business right. is kind of like that. You know, if you hold it tight and hold it close and keep all your secrets close to your chest. I mean, just this morning, guys, one of our coaching students, a really good dude, I just popped in my head one of our best ASINs and we're the only ones selling it right now. And it's easily sourced on all kinds of retail stores. It's in four major retail stores and we're the only ones selling it at a great margin. And I just felt prompted. I'm like, I'm going to text this over to one of our students here. Just shoot him a quick text, send him a picture of the item and, and the, the uh, ASIN and said, hey, you know, start grabbing this, you know, join us on this listing. That kind of stuff reciprocates and comes back in such big ways. Yeah. But if you're kind of holding your secrets close to your chest and trying to do this as a lone wolf, those are the people that burn out, flame out, get tired, bored, wonder why what it's all about. Even if they do succeed, that's not the way to do life and business. So I love what you said, Ryan, about just that that generous, open-handed, you know, the cake versus candlelight, which we just shared was an episode, one of the 393, I think, or 392. We share it many episodes, the cake versus candlelight. I won't go into it here, but you know, you it, how you see the world matters. And uh, you guys obviously have a very abundant mindset. So awesome hanging out with you for a few minutes today. We sure appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. Well, unless you guys had anything else jotted down in your notes that you wanted to be sure to hit, is there anything we've missed before we start to, to close this episode? I think we've covered everything that we wanted to share. Beautiful. Well, thank you guys for that. It was 
definitely an encouraging episode and I enjoyed hanging out with you and I, I believe many others are going to have the same sentiment. So for those who did hang out with us today, just want to thank you for, for doing so. Uh, the only thing we ask in return for this free content is, hey, leave us a review or some feedback wherever you're watching or listening or better yet, spread the word. Send people to silentgym.com and just say, hey, go check out this podcast and go check out this Ryan and Sarah. These, these are awesome people. You need to hear what they have to say. And that would be your way of returning the favor to us uh, for the time we spent today. And because Ryan could have been on the road making money, it he probably it probably cost them a few hundred bucks today to hang out with us. So let, let's show him some love because he could have been out there sourcing some magic replans for Q4, right? And uh, Sarah busy at home finding some new OA arbitrage items and replan, and you know they could have been making some money, but they wanted to spend time with you today. So let's show them some love for that, okay? And another thing I want to say before we wrap this episode up is if you're listening to this episode right now and you've never been over to YouTube, well, there's a link in many of the show notes where you can go and see. And you can actually see on screen Ryan and Sarah today. And if that's something of interest and some of the episodes that are on YouTube are... I'm sorry, many of the episodes that aren't on YouTube are only at silentgym.com. So if you're watching on YouTube right now, you're missing a lot of episodes. That's what I'm trying to say. So make sure you go to silentgym.com either way, and you're going to see all the episodes there of great people like Ryan and Sarah and hundreds of others who are succeeding using the content and stuff that we teach around here. So let's wrap this episode up. God bless all the business building warriors out there who've listened to us today. We're praying for you. We're in your corner. There is a battle that's raging in many, many ways in our culture, in business, in our families. So keep doing life the right way. Keep leaning on the one true source of strength that we have. And for us, that's Christ. And I know that's where Ryan and Sarah are coming from as well today. So that's what this is all about for us. But hey, we're here for you. Join our community. It's free. There's a link in the show notes to our free Facebook group. Just come hang out and see thousands of people like Ryan and Sarah and other great families that are encouraging each other, lifting each other up, sharing great tips and strategies all day, every day. I think you'll really enjoy hanging out there. So We'll talk to you soon. It's another really good episode. Ryan and Sarah, thank you so much, guys. That was great. Thank you. Hey, before I go, one last reminder, Payoneer.com, a tremendous sponsor of this show. You can get 10% off your first fees by going to Payoneer.com slash funding. Tell them you came from our program. They're going to take good care of you. Up to $750,000 for Amazon and Walmart sellers. Hey, if you're needing some funding with some good flexible payback terms with no credit check, you're going to love these guys. Go check them out. Thank you for listening to Silent Sales Machine Radio. Visit silentgym.com for a link to our free newsletter, our free Facebook group, and all of our resources mentioned on today's show.